and welcome to another episode of No Days Off. I'm your host, Tyler Gilden. Today's episode, I'm speaking with Colin Zimmerman, father of seven-year-old mountain biker Crosby Zimmerman, who seems to have just been born into outdoor sports. Uh, Colin talks a lot about the sacrifices it takes to help pursue Colin's career, both monetarily as well as the time committed, and what it's like running your own son's Instagram account. Uh, We even spoke a bit about the Magic School Bus Show, so that was an awesome, nice throwback. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Will, too. My name is Colin Zimmerman, and I'm the father to Crosby Zimmerman, who's a seven-year-old mountain biker. Thanks for hopping on the call. Really uh, looking forward to chatting a little bit about uh, Crosby. Oh, you're welcome. I'm excited to do it. So for those people who haven't watched uh, the episode and maybe aren't familiar with Crosby, so tell us a little bit about uh, who your son is and, and what makes him so unique. Oh, Crosby, uh, he just turned seven a couple weeks ago, and uh, he really loves to mountain bike. He started riding his bike on single track trails. Uh, I think he was about two and a half, three years old on his Strider bike. And uh, ever since then, it's just been a, it's been a wild ride with bicycles. And now he's into downhill mountain biking and hitting jumps and racing. We do a, a big race series every summer and he's probably the most excited kid I've ever met about bikes. So yeah, that's, that's Crosby in about 10 seconds. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, it seems uh, so in terms of, you know, mountain biking, definitely uh, a relatively dangerous sport. I mean, was there ever any concerns, uh, you know, him being so young and kind of jumping into this? Uh, yeah, there's always safety concerns. Uh, but I would like to start that topic off with I've been doing this exact same style of mountain biking for about 18 years now. And I'm also an ER trauma nurse. So, you know, I understand the risk. I've been there, done that, and I've also got uh, a really good scene assessment when it comes to crashes or risk benefits. So uh, it is scary. It definitely is at times. There were a few times last summer where um, my heart rate was extremely elevated. Uh, but, you know, he's he's got the confidence and he's got all the proper protection and pads and the, the proper training. And, you know, I don't let him do things that I don't think he hasn't properly prepared for. Right. Well, yeah, I'm sure your extensive background uh, is definitely, uh, I'm sure, helpful for you to feel confident in, in, in biking with him. Uh, so he's been biking now for, he's what, he's seven years old? Yes, he's, he just turned seven. And he's been biking for how many years already? Oh, he got a Strider bike, one of the bikes without pedals that works completely on balance on his first birthday. And he was able to use it confidently uh, by one and a half. So you know, he's been on wheels for, you know, five and a half years, but he's been off of the balance bike since his third birthday. So he's been riding pedals on dirt for about four years now. That's pretty impressive, though, that he was able to even just on the balance bike. I mean, my son is 14 months and, you know, he walks and runs, but I couldn't imagine. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable and I, I don't think he'd be able to balance uh, on one of those bikes. So that's pretty impressive. Is that something you think just genetic that kind of got passed down from, from you to him? Or, you know, that's just something he's just been able to pick up on his own? Well, I come from, you know, uh, an a traditional sports athletic family because uh, mountain biking wasn't a thing when I was growing up. Uh, I think Crosby picked up some of that for myself and my wife. And uh, he's, he's just grown up with it. Uh, he grew up with the camping and the rock climbing and the mountain biking and, you know, the snowboarding, he's, he's just grown up with a very outdoor athletic lifestyle and he's always been around it. And he's, he picks up visually easily. He picks things up. Uh, I think when what helped him a lot was I really spent a lot of time with him 
uh, learning how to use that strider bike just in the kitchen just in the garage you know i used to pick him up and act like he was riding uh, the bike while we watched bike videos you know like those pov videos of mountain biking where all you see is the trail you don't see the person i would hold him up and act like he was riding uh so he got you know the, the visual stimuli from that and then the balancing it really came from us having a rock climbing wall in the garage and then doing the like going up for the snowboarding because we lived in Colorado at the time and then just letting him ride that bike in the kitchen he just kept doing laps around the kitchen um I think that helped out a lot being a little more lax with what we allowed him to do um I think it really helped him I don't I don't know how to really put it other than just letting him use it every moment of the day and I know you mentioned it a bit in the episode but can you describe the moment where it kind of clicked to you that he really has some talent here where, sure, he might have just been able to ride the bike at a young age, but when it really hit that point for you where you were like, oh, wow, he could actually potentially do this you know, professionally. Well, yeah, he was just over five, and my buddy and I went to ride a trail. Uh, it's called Matthew Winters in Morrison, Colorado, which was close to where we lived. And the trail is typically real nice, flowy dirt path that's been machine-made, nice and smooth. But then on the trail, there was this decent-sized rock head that was sticking out of the ground. Uh, now, it probably stuck out of the ground 10, 12 inches, and it was kind of rounded. And so if you're a better rider, you could use it as a jump. And Crosby, on his little tiny 20-inch wheels, without ever seeing this rock before, which is a big deal in mountain biking, you know, you, you're supposed to look at something and then go back and do it. My buddy and I were cruising behind him, and then just all of a sudden, Crosby used the rock for a jump. He did it perfect. We hadn't really been practicing jumps before. We hadn't practiced that kind of maneuver or body motion or anything in that aspect. And he just did it, and he did it perfect. And I had to stop at the bottom of the hill and, you know, collect myself because I thought he was going to crash. Uh, and my buddy just looked and he was like, this kid, he's got something. Uh, you need to really focus your efforts on biking because he's he's got the body movement and that was the first impressive trail riding thing that Crosby had done where I went home to my wife and I said Tina this this kid Crosby he's got something and I think we should harness it and go for it because he can handle it right so after that moment I guess what was the next step you took saying okay I think he's got some legit talent here what what's the next step here what puts him in the right direction we, we bought him all the appropriate pads and then we just rode a lot i mean i already as a as a rider rode three to five times a week so i just changed from my long distance riding or my dad rides and started focusing on shorter rides with crosby or tina my wife would take us out and do what's called shuttling and she would drive us to the top of a downhill trail, and all we would do is ride down. And she'd pick us up and drive us back to the top. And that's how Crosby got good, I think, is because you can do five, six laps in an hour just doing the downhill aspect um, by using the shuttle. Uh, now I use a little bit different of a system, but that's how you can really gain the confidence and skills through repetition. And in order to get that repetition, you either have to have a ski lift, a truck, or a bungee cord attached to the dad bike that's attached to the kid's bike, and you pedal them up for multiple laps. And that's how we got Crosby to really get confident, was getting as many laps in during a ride and me sacrificing and not taking those dad rides, which I think is really paying off because now he's seven, and the laps that him and I do together now are my dad laps, and it's, it's pretty amazing. 
Right. So it sounds like, you know, this is, you know, all hands on deck here. You got your wife in the car taking you up the hill. You're going down the hill with him. Uh, you know, you mentioned some sacrifices in the types of laps that you're doing. So, yeah, tell me a little bit more about what are the other sacrifices, you know, you and your wife have possibly had to make in order to really help put Crosby on the right track to hopefully be able to really do this, uh, you know, for the long term. Monetary. This is an expensive sport. Uh, Crosby's first dual suspension bike where it is there's a suspension fork in the front and a suspension shock in the back uh was almost two thousand dollars and that's a big amount of money to invest into a six-year-old for a bicycle uh so that that's been a huge aspect for us um and then another like my wife would say sacrifice would be the ability to vacation to spots in which she wanted to now, we do take little trips to, like, the beach and things like that, and we do do some camping that's non-bike related. But mostly, and this is to my benefit and my wife's sacrifice, most of our trips revolve around where we can ride a bike. Uh, so we'll go to Black Rock, Oregon, or we'll go to Whistler, Canada, instead of families going to Hawaii or Disney or, you know, SoCal or Florida. So that's a, a bit of a sacrifice that's a struggle parentally between husband and wife. Sure. Um, I think... A sacrifice also for us personally is I'd say 75% of our family uh, does not live within range of us or even on this side of the country because, in my opinion, the West Coast is where you want to be for mountain biking. So after we graduated college in Illinois, we drove straight to Denver, and then from Denver we came to Seattle, whereas we grew up in Chicago, so most of our family's still out there. But we don't get to see our family, extended family, very often. So that's a that's a decent sacrifice. Um, it really, I mean, my, mountain biking was my life before Crosby came around. So the aspect of always being biking and putting all my time towards it, and that's that's not a sacrifice at all because it's something that I love. Um, right. The aspect of what kind of trails I ride was probably the hardest thing to take. Because if we go to a race, Crosby's racing in the Northwest Cups, and he's racing what's called Category 3. And there's three categories in a pro class. And, you know, I was racing in Cat 1 most of the time back in Colorado, taking on the bigger, harder trails. And now I've had to come back down to Cat 3, and we spend all weekend racing just that one trail for that one lap on that relatively basic trail in comparison to what else I was riding. That's probably the biggest thing for me is getting over the fact that we're riding one trail and it gets monotonous uh, at this skill level to constantly be riding the Cat 3 trail. Right. So it seems like there's been a fair amount of, of, of sacrifices, but ultimately you feel like this is worth it because you have that much confidence uh, in his skill level and, and I guess the happiness that mountain biking brings him. Absolutely. Uh, the sacrifices are minimal in comparison to what I feel Crosby is gaining uh, to become a productive human. Uh, it's a lot of coordination. It's a lot of hand-eye skill. Uh, you have to fix everything on your own. So I'm teaching him how to fix his bikes. I'm taking him to really cool places around the country. He's getting to meet a lot of people. He's getting to meet a lot of kids. I think there are a lot more positives and than uh, sacrifices in our life. So how do you balance, if you're kind of his you know, coach slash trainer, but also his dad, I guess, how do you balance wearing the two hats? and Or do they blend? Or are there certain times where you really have to focus on one versus the other? Uh, yeah, just tell me about how you kind of approach that. Right now, that's, the, that's a conflict for me personally because Instagram is like being a manager. And I didn't grow up with social media. And I didn't grow up with children having managers and things like that, but you've really got to weed through and pick, and pick it apart and 
you get a lot of negative comments on there and it's hard to read a negative comment and not take it personally as a father, but then also realize this is just a marketing tool. You're really just being a manager right now, put it to the side. That's the toughest part for me. Uh, for Crosby, the toughest part is probably when I turn into a coach and he's looking for a dad. So we'll go ride a trail like race weekend and I have to tell him, hey, when we're on our bikes, I'm your coach. So I'm a little harder on you than I normally am. And I'm going to tell you to do things that I know you can do, but I'm going to do it in a way that's more of a coach's aspect than a dad. Instead of saying, oh, you know, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. I have to look at him and say, this is your race course. If you don't do this feature of the race course, then you're not going to complete the race. So we have to do this now. We have to get this done. We need to tackle this and I'm going to help you do it. I think that's the hardest thing for him is separating the two. Uh, I grew up with a dad that was a coach. So now as an adult, I can understand the separation. But as a child, I couldn't understand it. I thought he was always picking on me. And I'm sure at times Crosby thinks that I'm picking him out of the crowd when I'm just trying to help him be a better rider. Does that kind of make sense? No, totally. I mean, and I think you probably you probably have a good perspective where you could be empathetic if he does feel that way because you've been in that position before you know your your father was your coach so you know hopefully you're able to relate with him better if he is feeling like uh hey daddy why are you being so tough on me you know I, i'm assuming you assume you could say to him this is how my dad was as well and kind of break that down for him so i'm sure that's helpful yeah and he, crosby really is a kid that can be pushed like with math or science or you know, getting him to pick up a chicken that's at our house. We had to push him and push him. And it took a couple weeks, but once he did it, oh boy, was he excited. Um, like we went mountain biking last week and he has been looking. There's a downslope of this trail that's nothing but rocks. And it's pretty, it's pretty intense. And he's been looking at it for almost a year now saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I keep taking him to it and he doesn't do it. And then last week he did it. And when he got off that rock garden, sat down on the side of the trail, he was crying. And I was like, oh, my God, what did I just do to him? Was he so scared that he's crying now? But he was crying because he was so happy that he got it. And he understood the fact that I was pushing him to get it, pushing to get it. And then once he did it, he was out of control happy. Like if you go to our Instagram three or four posts back, you can see it. And it's, it's on a trail called Predator and it's a double black diamond. And he, I, 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 I went from a, from a coach saying, you can do this, you can do this to being a dad within a split second. Cause I'm like, do it, do it. You've got the skill, do it. And then when he started crying, I was like, Oh my God, what did I just do to him? <laughs> right. But he was so happy. Yeah. That, no, that's, uh, that's great that you could have that relationship. And I guess, so when he's not necessarily you know, on the bike, uh, how important do you value his education and, you know, him also just being a kid and being able to play with his friends? Like we have a membership to a trampoline park so he could go with friends. Uh, we, he's got some kids down the street that he uh, hangs out with. Education is above mountain biking at all costs. Uh, if he doesn't do his homework, he doesn't ride. Uh, if he does bad on a spelling test, he doesn't ride. Like school is important because mountain biking, even if there, even if he was, 16, 17, about to graduate high school, looking at becoming a pro mountain biker to be paid, still got to do school because the lifespan of this sport, pretty short, and you got to do something once you just once either you get injured and can't ride or you age out and you can't ride or you just don't really want to participate in a competitive aspect and you can't pick up a lifestyle contract. So School is important because you got to go somewhere once this is all done. So we keep focusing on the school aspect. We, I'll quiz him while we're pedaling uphill, especially with the spelling test. Uh, I have 
everything is on apps now on your phone. So I can pull up his spelling words or what kind of math he's working on on my phone. And while we're out riding or we're driving to get where we need to go, we do little quizzes, little verbal tests, and we really push it on him. Uh, the only TV that he's allowed to watch is like mountain bike snowboard videos. Uh, so basically he can watch Red Bull TV, Bill Nye the Science Guy, Magic School Bus, you know, those kind of shows right now. We don't really do the PJ Masks and Disney shows. Uh, we really push that education because you got to be smart. You just have to be. Sure, I used to love Magic School Bus. That was a uh, I, I haven't <laughs> thought about I haven't thought about Magic School Bus in some time, but yeah, that was uh, a classic. Miss 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 Frizzle. They just, yeah, Miss Frizzle, and now she has uh, I think it's her sister took over, and it's one of the actors from Saturday Night Live, and they remade the entire series I think last year, and it's on Netflix. Miss Frizzle's sister took over. Who would have thought? I think so. It's like a, it's like a sister or a cousin or something like that, but they redid a whole new series on it, and it's pretty cool with updated graphics and concepts and things like that. So, no, yeah, uh, you know, pre- pretty funny. We, I'm getting some nostalgia there, but, yeah, no, it seems like it's obviously important for him uh, <laughs> to be educated as well because I guess what is the ceiling for mountain biking? I guess what is the pro level? What, what, are, what are those competitions? Well, you know, there's what's called the UCI, which is downhill racing, which is what we like to watch the most. Uh, it's where you take the chairlift up at a ski resort, and then you just race the, just the downhill aspect of it. Uh, there's a guy in there. He's I think he's like 36 or 37. His name's Greg Minar, and he's the top of the age category. And then you know they, it starts out with juniors. I think is below 19, and then from 19 on, uh, it's really however long you think you can sustain it which is typically between 25 and 30 in a racing aspect. I believe that's the number. And then there's, you know, your free ride guys, which is like the Red Bull Rampage that you see out in Utah every October. Those guys, man, if you're over 25, you're, you're going at it and you've had a lot of injuries and it's, it's hard on the body. It's hard on the life. It's those guys typically roll into like a, a lifestyle contract where they make videos and edits and they start their own companies and like census grips. They sponsor us. Those guys were all free ride guys that are starting to hit the top of that age category and hit that lifespan where they had to start a company or they start making movies, and which is really cool and it's a great great way to live. But um, you know the the lifespan it's not not like you're going into your your 40s being a professional downhill or free ride mountain biker. You know, that's that's what we like to do. Well, most sports, you're not going into your 40s and still playing at a pro level. But, yes, you know, I can understand, obviously, the shelf life being a little bit uh, shorter and why education would be so important. And what's tough is that as an athlete, if in this industry, it would be difficult to transition from, like, an athlete position into some sort of corporate uh, job because most of the mountain biking is, uh, like, engineering and design aspects and that kind of that and sales and you're going to need that education and that experience and so these people tend to go into like some sort of coaching team manager or like mountain bike guide and things like that so it's it's tough if you don't have the education and experience to then transition to like your sponsor's desk job right no, yeah, I mean, that's definitely, you know, it's interesting. I never had thought about that. But, yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense and, and why it would be so important to, to keep an education as well. So I guess for other parents who are, you know, raising young sports prodigies or, you know, kids who really have a desire and passion to compete, uh, any advice for those parents based on, you know, some of the things you've learned or any regrets you might have? Uh, I think some of the regrets that I have is focusing on being a coach at times when I should have been a dad, you know, uh, saying you can do this, you can do this. 
and then they choose not to do it. And you're like, well, you know, I'm kind of disappointed you didn't do it. You could have did it. Pushing too hard at too young of an age. Um, I think that's, that's probably my biggest regret. Uh, the thing I also tussle with the most is Instagram and social media and too much exposure. And what you do really, Instagram is 100% bikes. We don't do any lifestyle stuff on there anymore because you need to keep some anonymity. You got to keep some things for yourself. Don't always have the GoPro running. Don't always post everything. People don't need to see all of it. Uh, hold on to some of those memories for just yourself and your family. Uh, my advice for parents that have athletic children, but they're not sure which route they want to go, you got to let the kid pick it. You know, I thought Crosby was going to be really good at snowboarding, so we did snowboarding really a lot to begin with, and turned out it was all about the mountain bike. But you just got to see what it is that makes them smile. See what? Because you can't, you can't have a kid and be a, a, a mountain biker and then not expose them to skateboarding because maybe that skateboard is what's going to give them the biggest smile. And if they choose a sport that you're not used to, get ready because it's going to be a wild ride for both of you. So what, is, uh, what does No Days Off mean to you? Obviously, it's the name of the, uh, the series. Uh, yeah, that phrase, No Days Off, what does that mean to you? Well, for us, No Days Off kind of plays into the lifestyle. Uh, mountain biking is a lifestyle sport and really – Every day for us is mountain biking. We have all the clothes or we have the different training mechanisms or it's really about exposure and repetition and experience in order to gain that confidence. And no days off is a lifestyle of health and happiness, in my opinion, because if you're doing what you love, you love what you're doing. And if you're not taking days off, you're always smiling. That's kind of what it means to me. I like it. I think that's a very, uh, very solid definition, and clearly it seems like you know you and your you and your wife are definitely living that, trying to help Crosby pursue everything he's doing, and he's certainly living it as well. Just you know, keep getting up on that bike every day. Uh, so if people want to keep up to speed with uh, Crosby, where can they follow him? What are his uh, his socials? Uh, so we only have well, he's on Facebook as Crosby Zoomerman, uh, but I don't post to Facebook very often or check it. Um, but mainly 100% of his content is on Instagram as Crosby underscore Zoomerman, C-R-O-S-B-Y underscore Z-O-O-M-E-R-M-A-N. So you can find him on Instagram, mainly being, you know, recycled and reposted by a lot of mountain biking things. And uh, we're just out there living the best life we can. It looks like it. If you, you know, if you look at the account, you know, it definitely seems like, uh, you know, well, he seems like a great kid and uh, clearly talented and doing a lot of really cool stuff that I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I am a horrendous uh, biker myself. myself. It's kind of a, <laughs> it's kind of a kryptonite for me. It's, uh, you know, I've, uh, you know, I actually once, uh, I hit a car once, but the car was parked. I was just on the bike and after that i was like you know what i'm really not good at biking so uh it's just yeah. not my thing i'm good on the stationary bike you can put me on a peloton uh but no it's really <laughs> impressive that uh you know the age of uh seven to be doing that much so thank you so much for, for taking the time i really appreciate all your insight i think uh yeah parents will really uh appreciate listening to everything you have to say oh yeah no problem i'm glad i could do it excited i'm really really pumped to see what that whole episode is awesome thanks again man really appreciate it all right well good luck to all the parents out there my thanks to Colin for taking the time to talk a bit about Crosby. I uh, really appreciated his honesty and about the sacrifices it takes as well as the challenges of balancing being a parent and a coach. Uh, it seems like he's doing a lot of the right things and hopefully anyone listening can learn a thing or two from him. This has been another episode of No Days Off. New episodes drop every Thursday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever podcasts are found. Make sure to follow Whistle across all social media platforms for more info. I'm Tyler Gilden. This is No Days Off.